This is a podcast from Seven Vineyard. Well, good morning. Um, for those of you who I haven't met, I'm Claire, one of the leaders here at Seven. Happy New Year to you. I wonder how you are feeling coming into this new year of 2024. Are you excited? Up for a fresh start? Maybe you have things planned this year that you are looking forward to? Or maybe you're in this post-Christmas January blues phase where the parties are all over, this lull where the nights are still dark, you've eaten too much and you'd really rather be hibernating than thinking anything about setting New Year's resolutions. Maybe for you, this last year was a hard one and maybe one that you'd really rather not repeat. However you might be feeling, what if I said I know how you could instantly increase your happiness by 10% right now and it doesn't involve alcohol or chocolate? Studies have found that a single act of thoughtful gratitude produces an immediate 10% increase in happiness and a 35% reduction in depressive symptoms. I'm not quite sure how they measure all that, but we'll go with it for now, okay? Other research has found that if people take time to conscientiously count their blessings every day, life satisfaction markedly increased in just six weeks. One study concluded that the single most effective way to turbocharge our joy is to make what was called a gratitude visit. This involved a participant writing a testimonial, thanking someone to whom they owe a debt of gratitude, then visiting that person and reading the letter of appreciation and thankfulness aloud to them. They found that participants were measurably happier a month after they paid a gratitude visit, not just when they, when they did it. Thankfulness is a key to having joy in our lives. Have you ever met a person who is full of joy, who is not also thankful? The two tend to go together, even when our lives might not be what we want them to be. That is not to say that we should practice thankfulness for our own sake alone, though. We know it's a lot easier to live with someone who is joyful, right? It's a lot easier to work with someone who is joyful. It's a lot easier to have a neighbour who is joyful. Being thankful not only increases our own joy, it increases others' joy too. And thankfulness is something that we see repeatedly talked about and modelled right throughout the Bible. Many of us will be familiar with the Psalms, which are especially full of exhortations to deliberately remember and appreciate God's goodness. Psalm 100 says this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for God is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. 
the accounts of the people of Israel journeying from their slavery, slavery in Egypt to the Promised Land contains many passages that encourage and exhort them to deliberately remember and appreciate what God has done for them. In Exodus 12, when God freed the Israelites from slavery under the Egyptian, Egyptians, God gives them these instructions. You must remember this day forever. Each year you will celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. And when you arrive in the land the Lord has promised you, you will continue to celebrate this festival. Jesus models for us appreciation and gratitude when he thanks his heavenly father for many things. <coughs> and the apostle Paul, in so many of his letters, he makes a point of beginning with thankfulness to God. And he repeatedly instructs and encourages those he's writing to, to similarly be grateful and thankful to God. In Colossians 3, he says this, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful let the message of christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms hymns and songs from the spirit sing to god with gratitude in your hearts and whatever you do whether in word or deed do it all in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks to god the father through him Three times in these three short verses, Paul instructs his readers to be thankful. And in Colossians, he says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. There's no doubt that Paul passionately believed in the importance and power of thankfulness. Even after experiencing things many of us couldn't even imagine, Paul is unrelenting in his passion for thankfulness. In Corinthians, he says this, You see, my dear family, we don't want to keep you in the dark about the suffering we went through in Asia. The load we had to carry was far too heavy for us. It got to the point where we gave up on life itself. Yes, deep inside, we received the death sentence. This was to stop us relying on ourselves and to make us rely on the God who raises the dead. He rescued us from such a great and deadly peril and he'll do it again. We have placed our hope in him that he'll do it again. But you must cooperate with us through prayer so that when God gives us this gift, answering the prayers of so many, all the more will give thanks because of what's happened to us. Here, Paul appeals to them to unite with him in prayer. And the reason he gives is that when lots of people are praying for something and God then grants it, then thanksgiving is increased. That's his reason. So why is being thankful so important to Paul? Well, 
Apart from the obvious fact that it's absolutely right to give God the credit for what he does, that's a given. According to Tom Wright, a well-known theologian, he says that for Paul, when human beings give thanks to God, something at the heart of the universe comes back into shape. Humans thanking the creator for his goodness are a symptom of the way the world was meant to be. It's how we are designed. You see, thankfulness requires humility. It requires us to admit that we have been the recipient of something that we did not deserve. Thankfulness requires us to admit that no person is an island. We need each other and we need the intervention of God in our lives. And therefore, thankfulness reminds us that we are not alone, that we are loved, provided for and protected by our Heavenly Father. Thankfulness restores our bond, our connectedness to our Creator. And Paul doesn't just encourage us us to be thankful when things are going our way, like um, when we've just got a pay rise or we didn't get that speeding fine we thought we might get, when we feel like being thankful. Paul encourages us to be thankful always, in every situation. In Philippians, he says this, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And in Thessalonians, Paul says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't always feel easy, does it? And I'm not just talking about having a bad day, like when you get a parking ticket because you've parked in the car park for too long, or when your favourite football team isn't performing as you'd like. I mean, when life really, really sucks. You may be thinking, how can I be thankful when my loved one is so ill? How can I be thankful when I am carrying such financial stress and I can't find joy in anything? How can I be thankful when my mental health is taking such a battering and I can't seem to get out of this headspace? Maybe you can identify with Paul when he said that he'd given up on life itself. Bill Johnson, a pastor of Bethel Church in California, speaks about the sanctifying power of a thankful heart. Another way of saying that would be the healing power of a thankful heart. As thankfulness restores our bond and connectedness to God, 
it brings healing. Thanking God in every circumstance is not about thanking him for every situation. It's about being thankful in every situation. And Bill gives a really helpful definition of thankfulness. He says, thankfulness is to turn your heart towards celebration of who God is in every situation. Turn your heart towards celebration of who God is in every situation. A celebration of who God is, his character and his nature. Now, Psalm 103 is a wonderful song of praise to God by David celebrating the goodness of God. It celebrates God's compassion and abounding love. But in verse seven, it says something interesting. It says this, he made known his ways to Moses. God, that is God made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. <coughs> in the New Living Translation, it says, he revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. To know God's ways is to know who he is, his character. To know God's deeds is to know what he does. And there's a great deal of difference between knowing who God is and merely knowing what he does. When the Israelites came out of Egypt, they had witnessed God's mighty acts and marvellous deeds up close. The parting of the Red Sea, the pillar of, the, of cloud by day and the fire by night to guide them. They were captivated by the miracle working God, but they knew his works and not his ways. They only knew him superficially. Moses, on the other hand, knew him intimately. Exodus 33 says the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And in verse 13, Moses says to God, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you. Many people experience the works of God, his blessings, his provision but they don't know him. To quote Bill one last time, the revelation of the works of God are the invitation to discover who he is. Knowing his works are just the starting point. Knowing his ways, knowing him is the goal. His works, what he does, are wonderful and amazing, and we should thank him for those. But if we only stop there, then we've missed out on the real treasure, which is knowing God himself. Let me give you a brief illustration from closer to home. Now, you may not know that Owen is, in fact, a very good cook. He might not cook quite as often as I do, but when he does, he puts a lot of effort in. He likes to get the proper ingredients, find a great recipe to follow, 
present it beautifully on a plate. He doesn't cut corners like I do. Creating the best possible experience is really important to him. Otherwise, what's the point? He would say. Now, if I wanted to thank Owen, I could say, thank you so much for cooking for me. That was delicious. The beef was cooked so perfectly. I really did enjoy it. Now, that would be okay. It might sound like something that I would say. However, how much better could it be if I said, you really are a fantastic cook, Owen. And you were so kind to take all that time. You are so thoughtful and generous. Thank you. Two very different ways of saying thank you. One is based on what he cooked and what it did for me. The second thank you acknowledges who Owen is, expressed through what he did. Do you see the difference? And this special connection we have with someone when we appreciate them for who they are is supported by what we know through brain science. Here at Seven, we offer Emmanuel Prayer. It's a very simple but powerful coach-led prayer ministry with the aim of enabling someone to have a personal encounter with God. And it was established by a psychiatrist called Carl Lehman, who is also a follower of Jesus. And a key component of Emmanuel Prayer is recalling a positive memory and then based on that memory, appreciating and thanking God for who he is, his character and his nature. And the brain science behind this, based on research and extensive observation, which you can read about in Carl Lehman's book, if you should wish to do that, is that when we appreciate someone for who they are, rather than what they do, it turns on the relational circuits in our brain and enables us to feel connected to them. Try it for yourself sometime. Remember the gratitude visits I spoke about at the beginning. Choose someone to tell all the things that you love about them. Not what they do for you, but who they are. And 100% guaranteed you'll feel more connected to them. And so it is with thankfulness and God. When we turn our hearts to the celebration of who God is, his character and nature in every situation, it turns on our relational circuits. We find that renewed connection with our creator, our heavenly father, which in turn brings peace and joy. So for the rest of our time now, bearing all this in mind, I want to create some space for us to personally connect with God, to take time to turn our hearts to the celebration of who God is. And to do that, because we are at the end of one year and the beginning of another, I'd like to invite you to join me in a contemplative practice called the Prayer of Examine. This spiritual practice dates back to the early 16th century, developed by a Spanish priest and theologian named Ignatius of Loyola. 
I'm going to take about 10 minutes to do this in silence and I will simply just lead us through this time. If you'd like to spread out where you are, um, you might like a little bit more space around you. So if there's an empty chair somewhere else and you want to move, feel free to do that and you might want to do that now. This practice of examine helps us to become more aware of God's presence with us in our everyday. And so we're going to take some time to look at this past year through the lens of thankfulness. And then we'll look forward to this next year to come through the lens of hope. So sit comfortably, rest back in your chair. And you might like to close your eyes. So to begin with, as you sit there, just begin to acknowledge God's presence with you right now. You might like to do this through a breath prayer. So we breathe in, praying silently, you are here and then breathe out, praying silently, and I am with you. Let's do that a few times and focus our attention on God. So breathing in, you are here. And breathing out, and I am with you. You are here and I am with you. As you take these deep breaths, Become aware that you are in the long and loving gaze of God. Draw your senses upon the Father, Jesus and Holy Spirit. Continue to rest in their loving gaze. And Holy Spirit, we ask for your light to guide us as we reflect on this past year. So as you think over this past year, let your mind drift back and begin to think of every Every detail that you can be thankful for. Everything that comes to mind that happened this last year. Maybe big things, maybe small things. If what comes to mind is a joy, give God thanks for that. If what comes to mind is a sad thing, 
then thank God for another opportunity to trust him. And as you think over this last year, allow those feelings of gratitude and joy to rise up within you. It may be that you have many memories or that the Holy Spirit leads you to focus on just one. Either is fine. Just go with what feels natural. And we remember that the revelation of God's works is the invitation to know who he is. So now, based on those memories that you are thankful for, what do they say about who God is, his character and his nature? And so take these moments to thank God personally for who he is. Tell him what you love about him. So you may say something like, thank you God that you are loving or thank you God that you are faithful or whatever it may be. But just allow your hearts to flow towards him.
Finally, let's look towards the next year laying ahead of us. Think about what's coming up for you. And remembering who God is, look at this year through the lens of hope, trust and expectation. Take a moment to place each of these things that are coming up into God's hands. Thanking him for who he is. Knowing that he is faithful and that his character does not change. Let's look with hope and thankfulness towards this next year. And I pray that God would bless each of us with a special grace to know him more fully in our lives this coming year and that we would be overflowing with thankfulness. Amen.